If Jesus came to you and said, I want you to leave everything, come and follow me, would you do it? Well, the disciples of the first century were willing, and they did. But there was a rich young ruler who said no. And how we answer that same question, well, that really says a lot about where we're at as well and who we are serving. Today on The Road to Reality, K.P. O'Hannon will stress the importance of giving Christ the preeminence in all things. He is to occupy first place in our lives. Anything less, well, is just missing out on what's most important. We catch up with K.P. now in Luke chapter 24. What a joy it is to have this opportunity to talk with you again. I don't know where you are, maybe in your car or in your bedroom or kitchen, well, wherever you may be. And, you know, uh, times like this, and I say, Lord, I am so blessed to have this opportunity to talk to my brothers and sisters. Well, after all, before you know it, our life on earth is over and we are going to be with the Lord. So here we are, pilgrims and strangers on this earth. And uh, my part in this journey is sometimes to talk to you know, the people of God like you and, and share what the Lord put on my heart and I hope it will be an encouragement to you. You know, other day I was talking to our Gospel of Asia staff here. You know, we have this Tuesday night prayer meeting. Our entire staff uh, meet. We have some 70, 80 kids and uh, 105 families. So it, it's a fairly a large group of people and every Tuesday we meet for prayer. And whenever I'm here, I share from God's Word you know, before our prayer meeting starts. And I was telling them, you know, it's been, you know, over four decades that, um, you know, I've been serving God and I was barely 17 when Jesus called me to give my life and everything to serve him. I left my home, traveled 2,000 miles North India and spent eight years uh, serving him along with other young people. Uh, a few times I was beaten up and abused and faced quite a bit of suffering along with many others doing the Lord's work. And it's been an incredible journey. And then I told them also, it's interesting that um, uh, after 44 years of being in your so-called full-time ministry, I took the first vacation. Now, uh, believe it or not, I just didn't know even how to do this thing. My board members during one of the board meetings said, um, you know, Brother KP, we are really worried about you. You you need to take a break. I said, yeah, what, what you are talking about? Then they said, you know, we we like you to take a week off and, and, and go for a vacation. And I was silent. And I said, dear me, what a punishment. <laughs> no, and and I, I know these dear uh, brothers, loving and gracious and kind. And I said, yeah, I, I will do what you tell me to do. In any case... You know, this is, this is a meaningful week. My wife, Gisela, and um, my son, Danny, and his wife, Erica, and the two little kids they have, you know, Esther and Jonah, the tiny boy. Then, of course, my daughter, Sarah, and her husband, Dr. Danny. Uh, they both are in India. He's a medical doctor serving God, caring for the children and suffering people. Then, of course, you know, their little boy. So, I mean, it was a wonderful experience, by the way, and I, I don't regret it. Uh, although it was kind of difficult for me to adjust the first two days. What, what I'm trying to tell you is that my life, entire life, being one of perpetual, non-stop uh, going after 
reaching the lost and and I weep about it and I work for it and dream about it there's nothing more significant in my life than knowing my lord and uh, doing uh, the one thing that he's most concerned about that is to seek and save that are lost but then i said to my people uh, last night during the prayer meeting you know my brothers and sisters after all these years of serving christ there is one thing of great importance the only thing that is important to me now than anything else that is to know the lord jesus intimately and to be his so completely i said world evangelism absolutely i work for it that's that's my life but that and everything else like that is overshadowed by one thing i want to know him better and those are words i understand you you heard those kind of words people talk about and you read about it but how do we come to the place of total abandonment this nothing we seek for ourselves our life completely his please don't misunderstand me i'm not talking about some spooky mystical thing no this is basic biblical teaching of the new testament christianity in the western countries especially here in america you will agree with me lot of times for lot of people it is what they can get not what christ is asking and paul very well said this in second corinthians chapter 5 if you remember since one died for all that is christ died for you and for me now those who live no more live for themselves but for him who died for you and for me we are not our own anymore this i call it the radical christianity this i call the most important thing in our christian life and so we have a passage like this in luke chapter 14 where you know lots and lots of people want to be near christ like we have mega churches you know means huge numbers of people are gathering and being in one place i mean it's a wonderful thing i'm not against it i'm so happy for that also because there's an opportunity for people to hear biblical teaching provided the shepherd is teaching from god's word not you know whatever he you know think about or interpret stuff but in any case in verse 25 in luke chapter 14 you, you read these words large crowds were traveling with jesus and turning to them he said if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother his wife and children his brothers and sisters yes even his own life he cannot be my disciple anyone who does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple then in verse 33 in the same way 
any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple you know it's a weird situation that our preachers are spending so much time trying to explain what christ didn't mean oh no 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 jesus didn't mean that way it it's like this and we are so worried about being so politically correct we don't want to offend anyone for example how many books you find in the christian bookshops that says that if you divorce your wife or husband for any other reason than this one reason of unfaithfulness uh, you you are living in sin i i know this is not a popular theology and i i i not saying there is no forgiveness of sin and there is no uh, god's grace and i know people who been divorced and remarried god's grace is abundant and his mercy is forever i i not knocking at these kind of situations but what i'm simply saying when will christianity and the shepherds that are set to lead the people will come to the place where they are more afraid of god than the people they are speaking to thank god there are prophets there are people who are willing to risk all for the sake of christ and these are people who don't seek anybody's honor reputation they don't care and i know quite a few people like that and i'm so grateful that they are my example but coming back to the subject we are dealing with what is the most important thing in our life answering that i would say god will never take the second place in your life if you don't give him the first place he says i'm sorry you are free to go and do what you want to do that's exactly what happened in mark chapter 10 the rich young ruler came to christ he was upright he was holding very significant position recognized and respected in the society but jesus saw something deep down about his own private longing and his attitude and jesus said oh yeah i'm i'm so happy that you want to be mine and follow me oh by the way go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor then you come and follow me and the scripture says <laughs> this fellow was quite sad he was not mad and angry and said jesus you are crazy no he said he was quite discouraged and sad he didn't want to do it and jesus didn't go after him and say oh, no no just wait a minute just wait a minute no i didn't mean that and and let let's look at it maybe he can take the first step and then second and third and and gradually we will work it out don't don't get offended no jesus didn't go after him then you know in the early chapters of mark when jesus saw this bunch of young people caught busy with catching fish and he said um ye fellows come and follow me and i will make you fishers of men and the next thing you read they left their boats their nest and left their co-workers with their you know other buddies and parents and they simply walked away 
and followed him and they became the apostles. Quite a contrast there between the apostles and the rich young ruler. The apostles were willing to leave everything and follow Jesus. The rich young ruler, well, he wasn't. So which of those two camps would you fall into? We'll get back to Brother K.P. Yohannan in a second. Here on The Road to Reality, we're considering what's important in life right now. Today, we'd like to tell you about the many widows and abandoned children in South Asia. And maybe you didn't realize it, but widows in this area of the world are often blamed for their husband's death and viewed as cursed. Subsequently, they're left to fend for themselves, often seen searching for food in waste dumps, making their homes with trash. Abandoned children face similar challenges. So if you would like to reach out in love to them, we would encourage you to get a hold of us. You see, their situation can improve with your assistance. Simply go to theroadtoreality.org and learn how to give to the widows and abandoned children of South Asia. Now, this will serve to provide for a GFA-supported national worker who will then reach out and help these dear women and children. Again, we're at roadtoreality.org. Or call us, if that's preferred, 866-946-2742. That's 866-946-2742. For our Canadian residents, you can reach us at roadtoreality.ca or call 888-946-2742. 2742. Well, KP is in studio today. He catches up with us again now with more about what's important in life. Now, you know, thoughts like this, it's hard to translate into practical living, especially for us here in the United States and the Western culture. But I trust the Holy Spirit will give you understanding. You know, I met a man who actually is a multi-millionaire. He is still my friend. He's extremely rich. But in my private conversation with him, many, many times I found out here is a man who is so devout to Christ. He walks with him so intimately. I was in tears when he told me, Brother KP, I heard you talk about having an alarm clock not to wake me up so I can go to my office, but rather it will wake me up two in the morning, one in the morning, so I can pray and be alone, meditating, being with Christ, weeping over a world map, taking the television news and radio news and magazine news and reports as prayer request. And he just started telling me how he makes decisions about spending his money. Decisions about people that work for him. The way he spent his time. And I said, Lord, I have a long way to go. You see, here is what you need to know. You have to stop comparing your life with someone else. And when the disciples tried to figure out Jesus... Well, you talk about him like this, but what about me? What about I mean, Jesus? It, it's none of your business. If if it's my wish for him to live, until I come back, that's 
not your problem. But you come and follow me. So, to you, my sister, there in the kitchen, my dear brother driving the car, or in your bedroom, in the hospital room, or wherever you are, please listen to me. When it is all said and done, that day when you and I stand before our Lord, your wife will not be there, your pastor, your bishop, and your archbishop, and your friend, and your colleague, and nobody will be there. Basically, it's you and him. And that's all it matters. So, now, you must make a decision based on the Lord's dealing with you, where you are, as to what you must walk away from. For me, I remember the year I came to the United States. It was 1974. The early years of my life here, I kind of got lost in the world of trying to be like an American. Oh, what do you mean by that? Well, one thing I learned to eat hot dog, and I found out it was not dog meat. Well, a whole bunch of other things, but then I found myself becoming more concerned about my dress, the way I look, and the way I pray. Now, believe me, I was in seminary and I was fully involved in Christian work. Yet it took two years before I realized that I couldn't cry anymore. My eyes were dry. My heart was cold. The lost world, people by hundreds of thousands dying without Christ and going into eternity. It was all facts and figures and numbers. I couldn't feel the pain anymore. And that's when I said, Lord, I'm so lost. I know all the answers. Please change my heart. Take eternity and stamp on my eyes. The strange thing, I mean, that few months of what I call spiritual journey, learning about a whole new chapter in my life again, I realized that um, I was spending so much time trying to figure out the kind of clothes I wear and this and that and all these external things. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The answer was very simple, son. You have to make those choices. And I will say this to you with much care. For me as an individual at that time in my life from 30 to 33 years ago, it was to say no to a lot of things that I was living for. Expensive, dozens and dozens of imported silk, neckties and suits and library books and this and that. All this stuff that actually burdened me down. And I said to my wife, you know, I just want to keep a couple of ties and a couple of jackets and a couple of shoes and a few little things. And one other thing the Lord had to deal with my heart was my, although I didn't think much about it, wasting my time and life away for material things, being consumed with music and books I was reading, things that didn't have a whole lot to do with meditation and contemplation, being alone and being silent before the Lord. So, when Jesus says, sell all you have and then come and follow me, I will say this to you, 
Jesus will never take the second place in your life. If in your life, if you want to know if you are a backslider, if you are a half-hearted follower of Christ, ask the simple question, is there anything, anyone more important in my life than Jesus, Jesus, Jesus and him alone? And if there is something in between, someone in between, I'm telling you, you don't need somebody to come and convince you about it. Your heart will tell you. And so, if you put money as a priority in your life, and your job, your career, your wife, your husband, your children, and your education, and your future plans, and your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and your fiancé, and if your thoughts, your life is consumed with your health and wealth and relationships, I'm telling you, please, don't misunderstand me. I am not trying to condemn you. Let the Holy Spirit give you understanding. And the Lord is calling you to be His, to follow Him. And when our relationships and what we have and our job or even ministry, even being in full-time Christian work, once they become priority number one, once they possess us, I'm telling you, we are in trouble. And, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but I read a study, uh, somebody did a research or whatever, that average Christian in the United States spent less than eight minutes a day in prayer. That means there must be millions who don't pray even. Then, Pastors or priests or preachers spend less than 12 minutes a day in prayer. Now, if you are a priest or a pastor or a minister or an elder or a deacon, I want you to know I'm your best friend. I'm proud of you. The Lord gave you a very special call. But as a colleague, a friend of yours, may I plead with you, Please understand, you can be most useful to your people by spending most of your time with the Lord and be His. Now, there is nothing more significant in life than knowing the Lord and doing what He calls us to do, to seek and save those who are lost. You see, that is what life is to be all about. And as we leave you today, I'd like to share one of the ways we can do that. Again, this is Road to Reality with Brother K.P. Yohannan. Think of this. There are more than 57 million widows living in Asia right now, and many of them receive little, if any, help from their relatives as they care for their children. In fact, they're often found on the street begging. But there's something that you and I can do to help— through GFA-supported Widows and Abandoned Children's Ministry. You can help alleviate the many struggles that they face. To learn more about this, stop by roadtoreality.org. Again, we're at roadtoreality.org. Or you can give us a call, toll-free, 866-946-2742. Again, 866 866- 
946-2742. Or in Canada, it's 888-946-2742. Or, or simply go to roadtoreality.ca on the web. Now be encouraged to live for what's most important. And then join us back here next week for The Road to Reality when KP Yohannan will show us how to be a part of the mighty minority.